The Braille Forum, Volume 49, January 2011, Number 7, published by the American Council of the Blind. Read by Nanette Savard in the studios of the Cutting Corporation, Bethesda, Maryland. This recording is tone-indexed. The beginning of each item in the table of contents will be indicated by a beep, audible when your cassette player is in fast-forward or rewind. The American Council of the Blind strives to increase the independence, security, equality of opportunity, and to improve quality of life for all blind and visually impaired people. Mitch Pomerantz, President. Melanie Brunson, Executive Director. Sharon Lovering, Editor. National Office. 2200 Wilson Boulevard, Suite 650, Arlington, Virginia, 22201. 202-467-5081. Fax, 703-465-5085. Website, http colon slash slash www.acb.org. The Braille Forum, registered trademark, is available in Braille, large print, half-speed, four-track cassette tape, data CD, and via email. Subscription requests, address changes, and items intended for publication should be sent to Sharon Lovering at the address above or via email to slovering at acb.org. The American Council of the Blind, registered trademark, is a membership organization made up of more than 70 state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the National Office at the number listed above. Those much-needed contributions, which are tax-deductible, can be sent to Mike Godino at the above mailing address. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the National Office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the National Office. To make a contribution to ACB via the combined federal campaign, use this number, 11155. For the latest in legislative and governmental news, call the Washington Connection toll-free at 800-424-8666, 5 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time, or read it online. Copyright 2010 American Council of the Blind Table of Contents President's Message Change versus Tradition in ACB by Mitch Pomerantz Side 1 Calling all members of state rehabilitation councils and similar advisory groups by Melanie Brunson Side 1 2011 Conference and Convention ACB Goes Gold in the Silver State by Carla Rushevel. Side 1. ACB Scholarship Announcement. Side 1. A New Year's Resolution You Can Easily Keep. By Ray Campbell. Side 1. The Challenge of Aging and Blindness. How ACB Can Make a Difference. Compiled by Artis Bazin. Side 1. ACB Members in Action. Blind People Helping Each Other by Maureen Comiskey. Side 2. Getting Off the Bench, by Sheila Styron. Side 2. 
using pen friend to meet health needs. Side two, affiliate news. Side two, here and there, edited by Sue Lichtenfels. Side two, high tech swap shop. Side three, summary of 2010 resolutions. Side three. Forum subscription notes. You can now get the Braille Forum by podcast. To subscribe, go to the Braille Forum page on www.acb.org. If you do not yet have a podcast client, you can download one from the Forum page. To subscribe to the Braille Forum via email, go to www.acb.org/mailman/slash. L I S T I N F O slash B R A I L L E F O R U M hyphen L. Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office, one eight hundred four two four eight six six six, or via email, S L O V E R I N G at acb.org. Give her the information, and she'll take care of the changes for you. Correction: In ACB members discover treasures in Phoenix, Part Two, November 2010. In the Thursday section, there was an error in the paragraph about the walkathon. The individual who raised $1,250 was actually Donna Brown, not Marcia Farrow. We regret the error. President's message: Change versus tradition in ACB, by Mitch Pomerantz. Welcome to 2011, a new year, and for many of us, the belief that it is also a new decade. Let me begin this first president's column of 2011 by wishing everyone in the ACB family a healthy, prosperous, and successful new year. 2010 was both extremely successful and especially challenging. Successful in terms of our overall advocacy efforts, but challenging in so far as our revenue-generating activities. I want to muse in this month's column on the topic of change within the American Council of the Blind and its impact on the future of our organization. As we approach ACB's 50th anniversary. It seems most appropriate, in view of a proposal from the voting task force, which will be considered at this summer's conference and convention, to implement a secret ballot in place of the traditional standing vote. This proposal will, in no way, affect the roll call vote of affiliate delegates. That will not change. The task force, which is chaired by Jeff Tom, has also begun looking into the feasibility of some sort of remote voting. Telephonic, electronic, or both, in order to enfranchise the thousands of members unable to attend conventions, these initiatives are likely to be controversial, particularly among long-time ACBers. Nonetheless, we need to explore these and other 21st-century approaches to strengthening and growing ACB, while at the same time maintaining the culture and traditions of our organization. After all, over the past ten or so years, we've already introduced two very modern initiatives, which have made ACB a far more dynamic and effective organization. 
operating an Internet radio station, and conducting convention registration online. Before commenting further on change versus tradition within ACB itself, I'll suggest what may be fairly obvious. Most of us do not embrace change very readily. Change involves some degree of risk, and human beings tend to be risk-averse. While this phenomenon becomes increasingly evident as we age, children often do not handle changing circumstances very well either. In general, people tend to be creatures of habit. We prefer doing things the way we've always done them. We like our routines. Yes, there are certain exceptions. We all know someone who chafes at routine, who looks forward to change, not just occasionally, but on a daily basis. My experience tells me, however, that such folks are the exception and not the rule. If you require proof, consider the reaction in this country to the national trend away from traditional paper ballots and the adoption of electronic voting systems. While a few anomalies have been noted in the national implementation of these systems, the extent of such irregularities has been pretty insignificant. Given the number of precincts and counties involved in the election process, when compared to the use of paper ballots. From those notorious hanging chads in the 2000 presidential election to the well-documented graveyard voters going back to at least the mid-19th century. The strident outcries which arose following those few documented instances of problems with electronic voting grabbed headlines and, at least in my opinion, symbolized the public's undue fear of change. As I've said on numerous occasions, ACB members are a microcosm of the society in which we live. Most of us are uncomfortable with change, just as are our sighted peers. My first lesson regarding this truism came more than a decade ago when the notion of establishing the Monthly Monetary Support, MMS, program was first proposed— more than one veteran ACB member argued that we shouldn't undertake the program because the NFB was already doing something similar. To me, however, at the heart of this opposition was the fact that it meant a fundamental shift in ACB's approach to fundraising. We would begin asking our members to be more directly involved in raising money for the organization. Fortunately, in due time, the membership did vote to implement the MMS program, and it is increasingly providing ACB with much-needed revenue. Regardless of whether you choose to support the secret ballot proposal later this year and or some form of remote voting initiative at a future convention, I believe everyone must begin to recognize that some changes within ACB are inevitable if we are to attract new and younger members. Most of us over the age of 50 are part of the last generation that has had to adapt to the age of technology. Certainly, many of us have taken to computers and the Internet pretty easily. Many others, myself included, have come to the world of instant information and communication somewhat more grudgingly. Ironically, as one who reads a fair amount of science fiction... I'm not necessarily averse to change as much as I was comfortable with my own routine. I've come to recognize, however, that if the American Council of the Blind is to continue as a viable entity, we must accept new ways of doing things while respecting the traditions that have made our organization so great. Whether it's remote voting to include more members in participatory democracy, 
regional conventions involving several state affiliates, use of Facebook and Twitter to facilitate communication with younger members, or something else entirely. The hard truth is that ACB will either change and grow, or stagnate and wither away. I trust that the overwhelming majority of us will embrace the former and reject the latter. As is the tradition within ACB, it will ultimately be our choice to make. Calling all members of state rehabilitation councils and similar advisory groups, by Melanie Brunson. Are you a member of a state rehabilitation council? Would you be interested in serving on the state rehabilitation council in your state? Would you like to learn more about what state rehabilitation councils do? If so, the ACB Rehabilitation Issues Task Force would like to hear from you. The task force is considering holding a series of conference calls in order to provide a forum for members of state rehabilitation councils or similar groups to share ideas, exchange information, and discuss concerns about what's happening in rehabilitation agencies around the country. If you would be interested in participating in these calls, please contact me in the ACB National Office with the following information: your name, phone number, email address if any, and the name of the state rehabilitation council you serve on or are interested in serving on. You may provide this information by phone or by sending an email to m b r u n s o n at acb.org. The first call will take place early in 2011, and will be a planning meeting during which participants will discuss plans for future calls. We look forward to hearing from you. 2011 conference and convention. ACB goes gold in the Silver State, by Carla Rushevel. It's mid-November as I write this article, and serious planning is already underway for ACB's golden anniversary at the 50th annual conference and convention in Reno, Nevada. Some members of the National Convention Committee just spent a hectic few days in Reno. We visited potential tour sites. Talked with transportation contractors and met with hotel catering, audiovisual, and accounting personnel. We began conversations with the airport, discussed accessibility issues with conference venues, and got to know members of the local host committee. We began work on the hotel description and made significant progress on meeting room configurations for general sessions, exhibits, special interest group meetings. And in hotel workshops and social events, you'll be hearing much more about all of these areas in the coming months. For now, here's a glimpse at the fabulous week waiting for you in July. Conference and convention dates are July 8th through 16th. Come early and stay late so you can take in all the great exhibits, tours, workshops, presentations, and other events that make Conference Week special. Reno is in the high desert. So daytime temps are moderate, and nights may even be a bit chilly. Tours aren't quite finalized, but we have some incredible and unique plans for 2011 conference attendees. You'll visit the National Automobile Museum with beautiful cars that belonged to Mary Pickford, Frank Sinatra, and many other famous people. You can touch Elvis's white Cadillac, sit in a Model T, 
and examine a wonderful tactile globe that served as the trophy for the first race around the world in 1907. Other possible excursions include a train ride from Carson City to historic Virginia City, with plenty of time to explore the famous ghost town, visits to Lake Tahoe for boat rides and more fun, and maybe even parasailing, bungee jumping, and bigger and better indoor rock climbing than ever before. But wait, there's more. Michael Fulgham, your always enthusiastic and creative tour coordinator, is working with the Nugget Casino toward blackjack and Texas Hold'em tournaments with Braille cards. There are eight restaurants in the hotel, and he's exploring a progressive dinner right on property. Finally, he is planning the city tour, the Sweet Tooth tour, and much, much more. Sponsors and exhibitors. Corporations, organizations, and agencies are invited to become 2011 ACB Gems. There's a sponsorship to fit every budget, from Pearl, $1,000, to Diamond, $20,000. Many advertising opportunities are available as well. Request information and forms from Marjorie Beeman, Advertising and Sponsorship Coordinator, at 512 921 1625. Or O L E O five zero at H O T M A I L dot com. A large number of exhibitors are expected to participate in this fiftieth anniversary conference. Booths are now available on a first come first served basis. For more information and to reserve your space, contact Michael Smitherman, exhibits coordinator, at six zero one three three one. Seven seven four zero, or A M D U O at B E L L S O U T H dot net. It's not too early to sign up as an ACB conference volunteer. Whether you assist with a tour, the FIA showcase, the ACB auction, registration, exhibits, or some other aspect of the conference, you need to register with Sally Benjamin, volunteer coordinator, at one. Eight seven seven two six eight three six six four, or at v o l u n t e e r at a c b dot org. You are invited to visit our website at www dot a c b dot org for more exhibit, advertising, sponsorship, and volunteer information. Forms are available on the website for your convenience. Planning events. Each ACB committee and special interest affiliate holding events at the upcoming conference and convention has a representative on the convention planning email list. This list is my way of distributing information to these affiliates and committees. A similar list, designed especially for exhibitors, sponsors, and non-affiliated groups holding events at the convention, is now being created. Bring the family. Lots of things make this conference family-friendly. Food costs are much reduced from those of the past two years. I ate a full breakfast at Rosie's for about ten dollars. My broccoli cheese soup, fried chicken, mashed potatoes, and green beans, and huge caramel ice cream sundae was under twenty dollars on Saturday evening. The casino is at one end of the first floor. And a huge video game area designed for kids is on the second floor. 
The Youth Activity Center will feature many fun activities for the younger set. Mobility in the hotel will be far easier than you would expect. All meetings and exhibits will be on the second and third floors, away from the casino. All restaurants, except for a deli, are on the first floor. Again, you don't need to go through the casino to reach most of them. A tile walkway keeps you on the beaten path to first floor restaurants, the front desk, lounges, and the casino. No wandering through an endless sea of carpet. Reservations. The home for ACB from July 8th through 16th is the John Oskawaga Nugget Hotel Resort Casino. Room rates are $87 plus tax, single double, add $10 per night for each additional person in your room. Free round trip transportation from the airport, train, or bus station is included. Make reservations by calling 1 800 648 1177. Use group code GBLIND to ensure that you receive the ACB rate. Be sure to reserve rooms in the West Tower, as that is where our rooms are blocked. New this year. You can make hotel reservations online. Visit www.janugget.secure.com slash jump. Slash one three zero eight to check it out. We would appreciate feedback concerning your online reservation experience. For more information, call the ACB National Office at two zero two four six seven five zero eight one or one eight hundred four two four eight six six six, or contact Carla Rushville, Chair. ACB National Conference and Convention Committee, at five zero two three zero three seven zero four two, or by email at a d a m c a r l a at b e l l s o u t h dot net. ACB Scholarship Announcement. The American Council of the Blind (ACB) annually awards approximately twenty scholarships, ranging in amounts from one thousand dollars to two thousand five hundred dollars, to vocational, entering freshmen, undergraduate, and graduate college students who are legally blind, maintain a three point three GPA, and are involved in their school and/or local community. Applications may be submitted beginning December first. And all materials must be received by 11:59 p.m. Eastern on March 1st. To read the scholarship guidelines and complete an online application, please visit www.acb.org/scholarship. For more information, please contact the ACB National Office at 202. Four six seven five zero eight one or one eight hundred four two four eight six six six. We look forward to receiving your application materials. A New Year's resolution you can easily keep, by Ray Campbell. By now, the holiday season is a distant memory. Family and friends have come and gone. The leftovers have long since been eaten. 
and the decorations taken down and put in storage for another year. Perhaps you have made some New Year's resolutions, and chances are you've already broken at least one of them. There is one resolution that it's not too late to make, one that is easy to keep. That is to join ACB's monthly monetary support MMS program, or increase your donation amount. By resolving now to contribute through MMS, you will be helping ACB increase its revenue, so we can reliably budget for all the things ACB needs and wants to do. Remember how euphoric you felt when you heard that the 21st Century Telecommunications and Video Accessibility Act was signed into law? Our work is not nearly done there yet, and ACB needs resources so we can make sure that legislation is implemented properly. Joining MMS couldn't be easier. You can either contact the ACB National Office. At one eight hundred four two four eight six 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 to request an enrollment form, or get help completing one, or go online to www.acb.org and complete one there. You use the same form whether you are joining the program for the first time or making a change in your contribution amount. Contributions can be deducted either from a checking or savings account or charged to a credit card. You decide how much to contribute, whether you want to change this amount, or if you want to stop contributing. Watch the Braille Forum and other ACB information channels for announcements about incentives for joining MMS or increasing your contributions by at least five dollars a month. And you can designate up to fifty percent of your contributions to go to a state or special interest affiliate of your choice. So take a break from the struggle to keep other New Year's resolutions, and make the resolution that's easy to keep. Sign up for MMS today, or increase your amount, and help lead ACB into a brighter future. If you have questions about the MMS program, contact MMS Committee Chairman Ron Milliman at two seven zero seven eight two nine three two five or R. M I L L I M A N at i n s i g h t b b dot com. The challenge of aging and blindness: How ACB can make a difference. Compiled by Artis Bazin. This membership focus call was titled "The Challenge of Aging and Blindness and How ACB Can Make a Difference." The participants on the call had many ideas. This group often doesn't want to identify itself as blind, so it's necessary to reach them where they are. We first identified agencies or places where we could either meet them or leave information to be shared with them. Then we discussed what they might want to know. One suggestion was contacting the Department on Aging in the local community and offering to assist them with blindness or low vision resources. ACB affiliates could offer tip sheets with a list of services that would interest those losing their sight. This information could be disseminated to social workers, senior centers, assistive living centers, ophthalmologists, Lions chapters, audiologists or hearing impairment centers, talk with staff, deaf-blind agencies or organizations, state or county aging and blindness committees, support groups, etc. 
Members could volunteer to give presentations to these groups or at vision-related conferences. Presentations could explain these resources in more detail, as well as giving members an opportunity to tell them about ACB and local chapters. Once members are known in the local community, referrals will automatically be sent to them. Some resources that were identified for newly blind or low-vision people were How to Receive National Library Services in Your State, Paratransit or Local Transportation Options for Seniors or People with Disabilities, Enhanced Social and Recreational Activities such as Audio-Described Movies or Programs, Local Services such as Homemaking or Shopping Assistance, Specialized gadgets, such as needle threaders or other low-tech items, book clubs for blind or visually impaired people, and tech access programs in your state that may cover the cost of computers. Another resource that could be disseminated is the organization called Ears for Eyes. It is available nationwide. They have a dozen training cassettes explaining how to learn particular skills in the kitchen, traveling inside your house, etc. Ears for Eyes toll-free number is 1-800-843-6816. Or you may visit www.earsforeyes.info and fill out the form on the Contact Us page. End of Side 1 Side 2, The Braille Forum, Volume 49, January 2011, Number 7. This side contains ACB Members in Action, Blind People Helping Each Other, by Maureen Comiskey. Getting Off the Bench, by Sheila Styron. Using Pen Friend to Meet Health Needs. Affiliate News. Here and There, edited by Sue Lichtenfels. Continuing with The Challenge of Aging and Blindness, How ACB Can Make a Difference, compiled by Artis Bazin. The Tennessee Council of the Blind applied for a grant from the stimulus funding and received one for two programs. One allowed them to purchase a traveling toolkit, which included color identifiers, the pen friend, and other useful items for seniors losing their sight. Now, they can use this resource to inform them by showing the items and how they work. Many seniors with vision loss do not know about the American Foundation for the Blind Senior Site on www.afb.org. It has many tips to help both seniors losing their sight and their families. Some of the ACB special interest affiliates would be helpful to newly blinded seniors as well. The Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss, AAVL, Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, CCLVI, Diabetics in Action, Visually Impaired Veterans of America, and Library Users of America would have helpful ideas. Encourage local support groups to see what ACB affiliates have to offer them. The Veterans Administration has a training program for blinded veterans, Many seniors who qualify may not know that the VA provides many tools and equipment for visually impaired people. Two state affiliates have brochures especially for seniors losing their sight. 
check the California Council of the Blind website at www.ccbnet.org and the Washington Council of the Blind website at www.wcbinfo.org. The best way to let people know about the resources your chapter or affiliate may have is to encourage your members to be an active part of your community and meet people one-on-one -on -one and talk to them. Make sure your organization is on the charitable resources list for the 211 number in your county. Write papers to send to local service organizations or provide resource lists to them. You can offer to tell them about trips you've taken and how they worked for you. Be out there and embrace everyone, and you will reach family members of those with vision loss. The next membership focus call will be held January 23, 2011, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. The topic will be Involving Youth in ACB. The spring focus call will be held on April 25 at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. The call-in number is 712-775-7000, and the passcode is 640009. See you then. ACB Members in Action Blind People Helping Each Other by Maureen Comiskey after spending 47 years developing both my personal and professional life in Illinois, I finally got brave enough to make a huge change in my life. Having to climb snowbanks, standing at cold, windy, and frigid bus stops, and paying high energy bills just to keep my family warm will definitely age you. It was that huge snowstorm back in December 2005 when it took me seven hours to get home that convinced me. Roosevelt Road, normally a six-lane road, was a parking lot covered in falling snow. The cars and trucks sounded so quiet. I couldn't hear or distinguish the difference from the sidewalk or street. Yes, I was scared. I am an excellent cane traveler, but that experience forever made me realize that there had to be an easier and or safer way for me to make a living. I had to get home to my boys— I'm all they have now that their dad is passed on. I often said, I'm not going to retire here. I'm going to where it's warm in the winter. I envied my sister-in-law, who moved alone with her children a few years ago. If she can do it, I can, I thought to myself. So the adventure began from Chicago, Illinois, to Phoenix, Arizona. You're crazy, people remarked. You'll never make it. It's dangerous, you're going through a midlife crisis, some people remarked. For anyone who knows me, that's the last thing to say to me. No obstacle or barrier will stop or discourage my determination. So the planning began. Two months prior to my sister-in-law's death due to breast cancer, I phoned her for support. I began surfing the Internet just to get an idea of the type of housing, schools, transportation options— and the best communities for blind people to live in. I remember reading an article in the Braille Forum back in January of that year about Arizona hosting the 2010 convention and thinking that I would love to be there. The view of the state on the computer was attractive, but I needed to know how blind people truly lived there. 
Since I recently retired from the Chicago Lighthouse, I wondered if they had a similar facility. I visited the Arizona Center for the Blind's website, but I needed to know more. Wait, I thought. I'm a member of the American Council of the Blind. They must have members like me. So I called Ray Campbell, president of the Illinois Council and a longtime friend, and asked him to introduce me to Arizona's president. He made the introduction, and that's when I met both Ron Brooks and Barbara McDonald. These two individuals gave me a more personal idea of life for them with their families, and warmly welcomed me. There was no turning back now. Next step, telling my friends and family, mainly my teenage sons and my elderly father. Naturally, my sons were reluctant, angry, but my father was wonderful. That was the boost I so desperately needed to accomplish this mission. He provided the airfare, saying, "You need to do what's best for you." He and my mother never treated me different from my sighted brothers and sisters. He somehow knew the challenges I faced on a daily basis as a blind person. I got scared because this dream was now becoming a reality. My five brothers helped pack our things, saying, "Only bring what you need. You're going two thousand miles." So, after an emotional farewell on September eighth, two thousand eight, the day before my older son's eighteenth birthday, we landed at Sky Harbor Airport. They wondered where the skyscrapers were. Welcome to your new life, I said. I admit, after taking my first breath of Arizona heat, I wondered about this decision I had made. I still felt a bit uncertain, but wasn't going to admit that to them. I'm the parent. I'm supposed to have all the answers, right? We stayed with my sister for a couple weeks prior to moving into our own home. Now I'm learning how to get around, mapping out the streets, locating the restaurants and stores, and miraculously settling down pretty easily. In addition, I was elected board member of AZCB and served on the host committee that planned the 2010 national convention. My two sons have adjusted by making friends, working part-time jobs, and growing into young men. I promised God after the death of their father in 2003 that I would take good care of them, but none of this would have been possible without the love, support, and guidance of so many people. I remember telling my father, "Don't worry, Dad. Blind people watch out for each other. Only we know what we need." I explained to my sighted family and friends. That living with a disability has been a gift. I might not have had the strength to make the change I needed to do, or to reach out to humans and ask for help. Illinois will always be my home base, but now I can take my talent, skills, knowledge, and share it with my new colleagues. When you read this, we'll have already welcomed the second decade of the century. I thank God, my dear friends and family. And ACB for being available to me. Happy New Year to all of you. Getting off the bench, by Sheila Styron. Editor's note: For more information about the Oral Hull Foundation, visit www.oralhullfoundation.org. Growing up as a healthy. Albeit totally blind, child attending public school, 
I was often prevented from participating in mainstream physical education activities. I spent hours sitting on a bench while sighted peers played volleyball and other sports. True, I did perfect a piercing wolf whistle while hanging around, which not just anyone can do. However, I was a tomboy, loved outdoor activities, and felt deprived when others in and out of school had so many opportunities to engage in physical activities which weren't accessible to me. I worked on perfecting cartwheels in my front yard, which, although I practiced with boundless energy, I never got quite right. If there had been more inclusive recreation programs around in the 60s, I know I would have participated. One of the downsides of mainstreaming was the absence of accessible sports and outdoor activities. In high school, I co-owned a tandem bicycle with a girlfriend, but like so many other young girls, never did manage to talk my parents into buying me a horse. I hiked the John Muir Trail with the YMCA, my hand lightly touching the backpack of the person in front of me, and hung out at the beach with my friends, a fair-skinned teenager flirting with skin cancer. Training with my first guide dog during the summer between high school and college loomed large in my life. Walking with Inca made me feel like I was flying, where previously I had felt like I was only tagging along. As an undergraduate at UCLA, the closest I came to playing sports was singing the national anthem at football games. After earning my B.A. in music... For the next few years, exercise meant carrying around equipment for band gigs. Later, I discovered workout tapes, which I did with sighted girlfriends who showed me the routines. Remember Jane Fonda and Cindy Crawford? Fast forward to the late 90s, when I began working with others who were blind or visually impaired. I started hearing about this great cross-country skiing program, Ski for Light, but it wasn't until 2002 that I finally got around to applying. The Internet was still up and coming, and I didn't know anyone who attended, so basically didn't know what I had been missing. Then I spent my first week in Colorado, skiing beside my wonderful guide, Inger, who was, of course, Norwegian. With only the sound of her voice and a set of man-made tracks in the snow to guide me, I began experiencing some of the best fun I've ever had. The camaraderie at SFL is amazing, not to mention six days of skiing and yoga every morning, followed by stretch class. Imagine an entire week of guide-dog-friendly physical fitness heaven. Unless you prefer to sleep in a little later, hang out, dance the night away, and concentrate on boning up on your social skills. Whether you're the competitive sort who wants to ski as much as possible or would prefer to enjoy a more leisurely vacation in a beautiful setting, Ski for Light is an annual treat that, once tried, many return to experience again and again. For more information, visit www.sfl.org. In 2009, there were still more than a few adventures on my to-do list, which is when my good friend and colleague, Donna Permar, discovered the Oral Hull Foundation for the Blind on the Internet, where people come to skydive, bungee jump, whitewater raft, windsurf, hike along beautiful Oregon trails, and so much more. This sounded great, so we signed ourselves and husbands up and, along with our four guide dogs, headed off to Sandy, Oregon. 
Near the base of Mount Hood and situated on 23 beautiful, fragrant acres, the Oral Hall Foundation offers a wide variety of opportunities for adults who are visually impaired and crave experiences, from participating in activities like windsurfing to simply breathing the fresh air at camp, which actually does smell green. For a daredevil like myself, it's exhilarating to be able to skydive one day. Then take on class three rapids the next. However, I realize that jumping out of airplanes is not on everyone's list, and time spent at the Oral Hall Foundation represents a unique experience for each attendee. I was deeply touched by others' reflections during our final evening together. Notably, one person's newly found confidence that she would be able to adjust to her blindness as the result of her life-changing Oral Hall experience. Much has changed in the world since I was a child, sitting on a bench while my classmates participated in activities I could only dream of enjoying. Now there are great, inclusive, adaptive programs out there, like Ski for Light and the Oral Hull Foundation for the Blind, and I encourage each of you to take advantage of the fantastic opportunities they provide for people with disabilities to finally get off the bench. Using pen friend to meet health needs. Note: the following article has been submitted by the ACB Health Issues Task Force for your consideration. The ACB Health Issues Task Force is working on a number of fronts to improve healthcare components for blind and visually impaired people. Last summer, we began by distributing free audio tape copies of pamphlets from the American Cancer Society. And this distribution is now ongoing. In October 2009, one of our members, Dr. Chris Cook, had an article in the Braille Forum about HIPAA regulations. In this article, we tackle the issue of labeling. This has to be one of the more frustrating tasks in which we all engage on a relatively continual basis. When it comes to things like prescription medications, vitamins, nutritional supplements, and over-the-counter health aids. The collection of unidentified things in the medicine cabinet can grow at an alarming rate. As one of several means of managing all this labeling, the task force wishes to bring to your attention a relatively new and inexpensive solution called the Pen Friend. This easy-to-use device was developed and is manufactured by the Royal National Institute of Blind People in the United Kingdom. The pen friend is small enough to fit into your pocket, and it uses small adhesive labels onto which you can record whatever you like. The small round labels are about the size of a dime. Larger round labels are about the size of a fifty-cent piece. Similar in size to the larger round labels are squares as well. Each of these sizes is ideal for sticking to the top or side of a pill bottle. Several of our committee members have found that one of the three sizes can accommodate just about any bottle you'll get from the drugstore or pharmacy. Here's how it works: first, remove an adhesive label from a sheet of labels and place it on the lid of a bottle. Next, take the pen friend, turn it on, press record, and touch the label with the device. When you hear a beep, say what you wish or have somebody read what you need from the bottle. That's it. Labeling your bottles, cans, and other items as you unpack them from the store and put them away adds only seconds to the process. 
the ease of correctly identifying them can save you literally hours of time each year. There are a variety of sources these days from which to purchase the pen friend. One source is the ACB store, 1-877-848-3218 or www.acb.org slash s-t-o-r-e slash i-n-d-e-x dot html. By making your purchase through the ACB store, you are helping to support the work of ACB as independent living aids and maxi-aids both provide a percentage of your shopping total back to ACB on any purchases made through the ACB store. A few other sources include Bay Area Digital, 415-217-6667, www.bayarea.com. D-I-G-I-T-A-L dot U-S Perkins Products, a division of the Perkins School for the Blind 617-972-7373 www.perkinsstore dot org and speak to me 1-800-248-9965 www S-P-E-A-K-T-O-M-E-C-A-T-A-L-O-G dot com. You can also check with your local area adaptive product reseller. The Pen Friend runs on two AAA batteries, contains a USB port through which you can back up your information, and can also be used as an MP3 player through the speaker or with headphones. It comes with 127 labels. Packages with 380 additional labels can be purchased for as little as $29.95. PenFriend is certainly not the only labeling system available today, but it is one of the least expensive, with a price ranging from $125 to $150, depending on the purchasing source. Labels cost between $0.06 and $0.07 each. Besides the adhesive labels, magnetic versions are on the way. And by the end of 2010, RNIB hoped it could offer washable labels for clothing, too. The ACB Health Issues Task Force realizes there are many options for labeling medications, and the pen friend is just one choice. We believe that it is helpful to provide readers with information about these new devices that could make managing your medications and other items easier. Affiliate News CCLVI Scholarship Applications Now Available The Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, CCLVI, will award three scholarships in the amount of $3,000 each to one full-time student in each category, entering freshman, undergraduate, and graduate. College students who are low vision, maintain a strong GPA, and are involved in their school and or local community, are encouraged to apply. Applications may be submitted beginning January 1st, and all materials must be received by March 1st. Scholarship monies will be awarded for the 2011-2012 academic year. Who's Who Among Blind Texans? ACB of Texas congratulates Anne Foxworth, Braille consultant for DARS DBS Chris Cole Rehabilitation Center in Austin. 
Mark A. Marvel, President and CEO of Blind Ambitions Groups in Garland, and Judy Castle Scott, Director of the American Foundation for the Blind Center on Vision Loss in Dallas. All three are recipients of the Who's Who Among Blind Texans Award. They have provided service to their state and or local community in an exemplary manner through advocacy, awareness, education, and volunteer efforts, and will receive a certificate of membership into the Who's Who Among Blind Texans Honor Society. Here and There, edited by Sue Lichtenfels. The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers, or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The Braille Forum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to info at acb.org or phone the National Office at 1-800-424-8666 and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date. New Online Course for Job Seekers AFB's Career Connect website has launched the Job Seekers Toolkit. This is a free, self-paced online course designed for young people and unemployed adults who are blind or visually impaired. The course covers self-awareness, career exploration tools, the preliminary employment process, the interview, and maintaining employment. It also includes an option for parents and professionals to track and evaluate a student's progress. Visit www.afb.org slash C-A-R-E-E-R-C-O-N-N-E-C-T to learn more. B-Canes B-Canes markets canes for the blind and also employs blind people. Visit www.bcanes.com, email boberr 49 at q.com, or call 402 402- Seven two seven five eight zero six for more information. Learn to fly on your computer. It's Your Plane, IYP, is an add-on software program that makes the Microsoft Flight Simulator program accessible to people who are blind or visually impaired. Through voice commands, aviation buffs can fly planes from the point of pre-flight checks through landing and shutdown. An interactive virtual co-pilot performs the commands and maneuvers the plane as instructed. The IYP software works with Microsoft Flight Simulator versions 2004 and FSX. To get started with this fascinating hobby, or to learn more, visit www.itsyourplane.com. Choice Magazine Listening Choice Magazine Listening, CML, is a bi-monthly anthology of audio magazine articles for the visually and physically impaired. Some of the anthology's articles are taken from The New Yorker, The Iowa Review, Gourmet, National Geographic, Atlantic Monthly, Smithsonian, New York Times Style Magazine, The New York Review of Books, McSweeney's, Commentary, and many more magazines. 
The New York Times report in May about the passing of legendary singer and actress Lena Horne, an interview with renowned writer Bray Bradbury from the Paris Review, and an audio interview from the final broadcast of Bill Moyer's journal are examples of features that were included in the July 2010 edition of CML. For more information about CML, contact Paul Rabin at 516-503-0271 or psrabin at verizon.net. CML is available through NLS on audio cassette or via download from the BARD website. Scholarship winners announced. The National Center for Parents with Disabilities and Their Families at Through the Looking Glass recently announced the winners of its 2010 college scholarships. They are Cameron Allen, Spokane Valley, Washington, Anna Buttram, West Columbia, South Carolina, Ivy Crowder, Orlando, Florida, Mary Catherine Fanning, St. Louis, Missouri, Jessica Guzman, Columbia, Maryland, Megan Hassenjäger, Rockwall, Texas, Bridget Hickey, Chicago, Illinois, Jenna Morris, Springville, California, Wendy Ramirez, Houston, Texas, and Stephen from the southeastern U.S. New Book You Might Be a Moron is a new book written by a couple from Hawaii with multiple disabilities. The book is a tongue-in-cheek look at the goofy, crazy, off-the-wall things that average people say, do, think, or believe is true. It is available as a downloadable PDF file from the couple's website, www.giantdolphin.com. Stitch by Stitch Stitch by Stitch, Sewing with Low Vision, by Katherine Hodges, is now available in large print. The book is designed specifically for individuals with vision loss who have an interest in learning or relearning to sew, embroider, knit, or learn other needlework. It provides detailed descriptions and large images of adaptive techniques and tools to make the process easier. If interested in a copy, contact Horizons for the Blind at 815-444-8800 or visit www.horizons-blind.org. Bookshare offers free memberships. As part of a $32 million grant from the U.S. Department of Education, Bookshare offers free membership access to qualified schools and students with print disabilities across the country. Its extensive online library includes its bestsellers, textbooks, teacher-recommended readings, and two software programs for reading digital books. Educators and parents can sign up for the service at www.book. S-H-A-R-E dot org slash S-I-G-N-U-P-T-Y-P-E End of Side 2 Side 3 The Braille Forum Volume 49 January 2011 Number 7 This side contains High Tech Swap Shop Summary of 2010 Resolutions Continuing with here and There, edited by Sue Lichtenfels.
The Access Text Network is a national online database of alternative college materials. Students with disabilities who are enrolled at member colleges and universities can receive books in accessible electronic formats in just a few days. The network has more than 500 colleges and universities in 49 states currently enrolled, providing students with disabilities access to more than 360,000 textbook titles. You can learn if your school participates in this network by contacting its office for students with disabilities. For more information, visit www.accesstext.org. Jumbo Braille Alternatives. Sandy Price offers two books in uncontracted jumbo braille for individuals who have difficulty reading standard braille. The first is a braille instruction book entitled "The Easy Jumbo Book," which is available in one volume. The second is "Touch by God's Word." This includes 100 inspirational verses from the Bible and is available in both jumbo and standard braille. To learn more about these books, contact Sandy Price at eight zero four five five zero three seven three three, or send an email to. i d i g d o t s at c o m c a s t dot net. Brailler repairs. Bring your brailler back to life. The Selective Doctor Incorporated specializes in the repair of Perkins brailers. Repairs cost sixty dollars for labor plus the cost of parts. To have the company repair your brailler, send it to the Selective Doctor, Incorporated. Post Office Box five seven one, Manchester, Maryland, two one one zero two. Free matter shipping is accepted. Please insure your brailer. The company will add the cost of return insurance to your invoice. For more information, call four one zero six six eight one one four three or email b r a i l l e r. R e p a i r at y a h o o dot com, or you may visit www dot s e l e c t i v e d o c t o r dot com. Read your way to CEUs. Since July two thousand ten, the Academy for Certification of Vision Rehabilitation and Education Professionals (ACV) REP. And the American Foundation for the Blind (AFB) have partnered to offer professionals in the visual impairment field a new way to earn continuing education units (CEUs). Each month, select articles in the AFB's Journal of Visual Impairment and Blindness (JVIB) will be worth credit from the ACV REP when read by these professionals. Credits can be used toward recertification for professionals such as orientation and mobility specialists, vision rehabilitation therapists, and low vision therapists. For more information about ACV REP, go to www.acvrep.org. To subscribe to JVIB, go to www.afb.org/slash. JVIB. Seeking migraine sufferers. Do you suffer from migraines with piercing pain, 
Do they last for hours? Ojo Sion has developed her own home remedy that gets her up and out in 40 minutes, 95% of the time. If you would like to try it, she'll give you tips from her book in exchange for a 25 to 50 word statement of your results. Contact her at 415-846-2027 and leave your name and telephone number. Please speak slowly and clearly. High-Tech Swap Shop For sale USB Internet Radio Asking $25 Toshiba Laptop With 15.4-inch screen Pentium 4, Windows XP, and JAWS Comes with 30-gig hard drive And 512 megs of RAM In very good condition Asking $275 Desktop computer with 4-gigs RAM 1-terabyte hard drive Windows 7 Home Premium, JAWS, 19-inch monitor, asking $750. All items include shipping. Contact Jose at 818-220-6256. For sale. Bookport Reader with USB cable, flashcard, CD software, and instruction manual. Plays digital audio files such as MP3, audible.com, and digital talking books, asking $10 plus shipping. Contact Cynthia at 408-656-2102 or email c-i-r-q-i-t-o-u-s-650 at y-a-h-o-o dot com. For sale, Maestro Trekker with Braille Key Maestro, two additional batteries, and two additional memory cards. Also, upgrade 3.0 on CD included. Rarely used, in perfect condition. Asking $1,800. Contact Anya Galeni at 207-907-4443 or 207-991-2747. You can also email her B-I-R-D-S-1-0 at R-O-A-D-R-U-N-N-E-R dot com. For sale, iPhone 3GS. Asking $200. In good condition, comes with charger and USB cable. Contact Aaron via email B-L-I-N-D-G-E-E-K-1989 at gmail.com or call him at 502-541-1167. For sale, Packmate QX400 comes with carrying case and strap, quick start cards in braille and print, quick start guide, the companion CD contains MS ActiveSync 3.7 and Outlook 2002 software for desktop PC, AC adapter, A to Mini B USB cable, and the user's documentation CD. Rarely used. Asking $1,200 plus $20 for shipping and insurance. Brytech Note Teller 2 comes with CD and cassette instructions. Asking $90 plus $5 shipping. Contact Larry Rayleigh at jlr1 at att.net or 
0907. For sale. ID Mate Omni, unused in original box. Comes with case, extra memory card, power adapter, and extra barcode labels. Asking $800. Contact Renee Abernathy at R E N E A B N E at B E L L S O U T H dot net or 704-263-1314 and leave a message. For sale. SenseView Portable CCTV. Comes with case and AC adapter. Asking $500. Aladdin Pro 75 Black and White CCTV. Asking $1,300. Ovation OCR Reader. Asking $1,500. Contact Dan via email utalk2d at ymail.com. Wanted. Two memory cards for reading edge. Need version 3.0 or higher. Am trying to figure out whether it's the memory card or the reading edge itself that's gone bad. Contact Bob Gruff, Jr. at 501-589-2886. Wanted. Donation of any note-taker with a Braille display. Contact Angela Randall at A-R-A-N-D-A-L-L 0227 at S-T-A-R-K-S-T-A-T-E dot net. Summary of 2010 Resolutions Note. This publication reflects only those resolutions which were adopted by the Convention. Resolutions which were referred to other ACB entities for further consideration, tabled, or withdrawn are not included in this document. Resolution 2010-01 directs ACB's Governmental Relations Staff and Environmental Access Committee to include in its comments on public rights-of-way support for a requirement that, at intersections where there are multiple accessible pedestrian devices, the audible signal phase for each signal must be unambiguously identifiable with its particular crossing. It also directs that ACB include a recommendation in those comments that, where digital voice recordings are used for accessible pedestrian signals, differing voices be used to differentiate parallel and perpendicular crossings, and that the vibratory features making accessible pedestrian signals accessible to pedestrians who are dual sensory impaired shall be the standard in all locations where accessible pedestrian signals are installed. Resolution 2010-02 puts ACB on record as rejecting the version of disability history being offered as truth by other disability rights organizations, that the disability rights movement began with the independent living movement in California in the 1970s. It expresses ACB's pride in knowing that the disability rights movement involved people who are blind seeking the opportunity to be fully included in our society. It demands that every state that permits or requires that disability history be included as part of the curricula of elementary and secondary schools include the significant role played by deaf and or blind people in the disability rights movement. 
It strongly encourages state affiliates to demand that their state Department of Education fully include the role played by sensory impaired people in the creation of equality for all people with disabilities. It also instructs ACB to seek funding and support for the development of a national curriculum framework that can provide clear and accurate information to states that can be used to implement these educational opportunities. Resolution 2010-03 asks that ACB express to the House Energy and Commerce Committee its deep disappointment on the recent subcommittee action and implores Congress to honor the 20th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act by enacting the strongest possible legislation that would ensure that people with vision loss, as well as those who are deafblind, are not excluded from the technology and the video revolution. It requests that such legislation appropriate non-discretionary funding for equipment that is used by people who are deafblind, clear and continuing authority by the FCC to require video description, and the strongest possible legal guarantees that the user interfaces of devices, particularly mobile devices, allow people with vision loss to connect and interact with the Internet. Resolution 2010-04 urges all public and private entities that operate fixed-route bus and or passenger rail systems to establish clear, written policies for implementing the ADA's requirements of making route designation and stop announcements and, when establishing such policies, include input from local stakeholders to include passengers who are blind or visually impaired and other passengers with disabilities who will be affected by such policies. It urges them to incorporate all of the recommendations that have been developed by ACB's Transportation Committee with regard to the policies that govern the calling of bus stop announcements. It directs that copies be sent to the President of the American Public Transit Association, the Executive Director of the Community Transportation Association of America, the Administrator of the Federal Transit Administration, the Director of the FTA Office of Civil Rights, and the Presidents of each ACB State, Local, and Special Interest Affiliate. Finally, it directs the Transportation Committee to develop a short brochure to assist its affiliates to advocate for implementation of effective route destination and stop announcement policies and procedures, and that this brochure be made available to the membership no later than December 31, 2010. Resolution 2010-05 directs ACB to urge Congress to significantly increase funding for public transit operations with requirements to ensure that state and local governments do not use such federal funding to replace existing state and local transit operations dollars. Resolution 2010-07 urges the National Endowment for the Arts and Very Special Arts to fund and disseminate research concerning informational and aesthetic access to museums for blind and visually impaired patrons. ACB also joins with Friends in Art in offering guidance and consultation to entities engaging in elements of such research. It also directs the officers, directors, and staff to work with Friends in Arts Advocacy Committee 
toward implementation of this resolution and encourages state and local affiliates to work with museums in their areas to help in the implementation of this resolution. Resolution 2010-08 joins ACB, its colleagues and friends in the disability community, in commemorating the 20th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. It encourages all ACB members to participate in ADA 20th anniversary festivities and urges that ACB continue to press all relevant federal ADA enforcement agencies to address the current disparity in civil rights protections experienced by people with vision loss. It also recommits ACB to supporting its members and affiliates, as appropriate and as resources allow, in the filing of ADA-related federal complaints, structured negotiation activities, and advocacy through mediation and litigation to take maximum advantage of the means currently available to make the ADA as relevant as it should be for people who are blind or visually impaired. Resolution 2010-10 commends the IRS for training and hiring people who are blind or have low vision and directs that ACB request the Commissioner of the Internal Revenue Service establish a stakeholder workgroup that would include representatives of consumer organizations, including the American Council of the Blind and other relevant parties, to examine methodologies used in the training program for prospective IRS employees who are blind or who have low vision. Resolution 2010-11 directs that the ACB urge the entertainment industry to take immediate steps to achieve the following. Increased and accurate representation of characters that are blind or visually impaired, more employment opportunities for professionals who are blind or visually impaired, an absolute prohibition on the portrayal of blind or visually impaired characters by sighted actors, and equal opportunities for actors who are blind or visually impaired to both audition for and portray characters not written as blind or visually impaired. It also urges state and local affiliates to advocate in a manner consistent with this resolution. Resolution 2010-12 calls upon Google to integrate accessibility into the design phase of its product development and to create detailed plans for accessibility for each new product as well as create plans for achieving access for its existing set of products. It also directs ACB's officers, directors, and staff to take steps to achieve these results while making the services of the Information Access Committee available for these purposes. Resolution 2010-13 states that ACB supports the notion that people who are blind and not otherwise disabled must receive testing accommodations that meet their needs rather than being exempted from the need to pass state exit tests. ACB urges courts and jurisdictions to find ways to allow students who, through no fault of their own, cannot read Braille or large print to take tests that will allow them to earn their high school diplomas. It directs that copies of this resolution be sent to the board of the Association for Education and Rehabilitation of the Blind and Visually Impaired, AER, the board of directors of NASDE, and the board of directors of NAPVI, the National Association for Parents of Children with Visual Impairments.
Resolution 2010-15 instructs the Information Access Committee, IAC, to communicate ACB's concerns about QVC in writing and to attempt to develop and implement a system that will assure that all hosts announce both price and item numbers, which will allow people who are blind or visually impaired to shop effectively. It directs the committee to make itself available as a resource to QVC, particularly with regard to website access, to make the web experience of people with visual disabilities equal to that of all shoppers, and requests the IAC to provide updates to ACB's officers, directors, and staff, so that, if QVC is unresponsive to our requests for change, other courses of action can be considered. Resolution 2010-16 urges the Department of Education to undertake a study to gather data on the numbers of students who are blind or visually impaired being served in private and charter schools, and which would also explore the range of services being offered in such schools. It also encourages the Department to compare the range of blindness-related services offered by such schools with those available through the public school systems throughout the country and requests that their findings be issued in a report that will enable parents, organizations of and for the blind, and the educational community to measure effectively the differences among these three educational options. This report should focus on educational outcomes for students who are blind or visually impaired in each of these three settings. Resolution 2010-17 commends the movie Up!, iTunes, the marketer of this movie, Pixar, the movie's production company, and the Media Access Group at WGBH, who produced the audio description of this movie, for their efforts to make this production available for downloading. Resolution 2010-18 directs that ACB join with the Braille Revival League to strongly urge manufacturers of hardware and software designed specifically to be used by people who are blind to make a commitment to provide training materials in hard copy Braille rather than assuming that electronic materials are sufficient and that copies of this resolution be sent to all blindness-specific hardware and software producers who exhibit at the ACB convention and to all the officers of the Assistive Technology Industry Association, ATIA. Resolution 2010-19 directs that ACB espouse the notion that people who are blind or have low vision have a right to expect and receive immediate usability of software that is being developed for use by everyone. It calls upon Microsoft to make building accessibility into the product itself for people who are blind or visually impaired a guiding design principle. ACB shall accomplish this by making accessibility an inherent component of the design of any and all products that Microsoft is developing. It directs that the Information Access Committee enter into discussion with Microsoft to make clear the specifics of this resolution. Resolution 2010-20 puts ACB on record as regarding the repeated failure of Sprint to meet even minimal accessibility benchmarks as unconscionable and unacceptable. It directs the officers, directors, and staff to communicate our extreme displeasure to Sprint 
and demands that Sprint take immediate steps to remedy this situation by working with ACB and its Information Access Committee to develop plans that will lead to the availability of an accessible phone option for the many Sprint users who have remained loyal based on the promise made to them repeatedly that Sprint phones would be accessible. Resolution 2010-21 calls upon Facebook to make its website and application for the iPhone fully accessible by promptly applying the World Wide Web Consortium's Web Content Accessibility Guidelines 2.0 and Apple's Human Interface Design Guidelines. It also makes the services of ACB's Information Access Committee available to Facebook. Resolution 2010-22 urges NIDER, the Access Board, and university programs that do research either in blindness-related areas or that focus on the needs of people with developmental disabilities to adequately fund and undertake research necessary for the development of accessibility guidelines for the removal of all barriers within and without the built environment which inhibit effective wayfinding and interfere with the full participation within the mainstream of American society of people who are deafblind, people who are blind and visually impaired, and who have developmental disabilities, and other multiply disabled blind individuals. It also instructs the officers, directors, and staff of this organization to contact NIDER, the Access Board, and or universities offering programs relevant to people who are multiply disabled and blind to urge these agencies to give priority to researching and developing such accessibility guidelines. Resolution 2010-23 expresses appreciation to all volunteers who worked to assist the attendees of the 2010 ACB Convention. Resolution 2010-24 commends the Arizona Host Committee for its fine work on the 2010 Convention. Resolution 2010-25 thanks the hotel for the services and accommodations provided to ACB members and staff during the 2010 Convention. ACB Officers President, Mitch Pomerantz, 1115 Cordova Street, number 402, Pasadena, California, 91106 First Vice President, Kim Charlson, 57 Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472 Second Vice President, Brenda Dillon, 313 Overridge Cove, Hermitage, Tennessee 37076 Secretary Marlena Lieberg 632 South 189th Street Burien, Washington 98148 Treasurer Mike Godino 104 Tillrose Avenue Malvern, New York 11565-2024 Immediate Past President Christopher Gray 94 Ramona Avenue San Francisco, California, 94103. ACB Board of Directors. Ray Campbell, Glen Ellen, Illinois. Burl Colley, Lacey, Washington. Janet Dickelman, St. Paul, Minnesota. Marcia Farrow, Somerville, Georgia. Michael Garrett, Missouri City, Texas. George Holliday, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 
Billie Jean Keith, Arlington, Virginia. Alan Peterson, Horace, North Dakota. Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California. David Trott, Talladega, Alabama. Ex officio, Janine Stanley, Columbus, Ohio. Board of Publications Paul Edwards, Chairman, Miami, Florida. Marsha Dresser, Reading, Massachusetts. Judy Jackson, Austin, Texas. Janine Stanley, Columbus, Ohio. Ken Stewart, Warwick, New York. Ex officio, Ron Milliman, Bowling Green, Kentucky. End of side three.